Hello, brilliant to have you back for more Digital Spaces Present content. We're taking a trip down memory lane to close our first series today with Surinder. This interview is in full and isn't edited, but we hope you can imagine yourself with a cup of tea sat opposite Surinder, listening to her tell her story. There's plenty of stories that she's never told anyone before. It's a longer episode, so get comfortable and we'll let her begin. Well, I was born in Malaysia. At the age of one, my parents went to India. And uh, then I, <coughs> one of my aunties, she didn't have any children. And my brother and myself, there was only a year's difference. So they, in those days, people were more easy going. And so my other aunties told my parents, you have five children. And my brother had pneumonia. Those days there was no treatment, only looking after. Say, you have to look after that, we look after this girl. So that you can put all attention to the boy. Then they got attached to me. So when they were coming back to Malaysia, they uh, they requested that, can we keep this girl? And they said, all right, you're there. So for six years, seven years, I was with them in the village. But I had very, very lovely childhood. Lot of happiness, lot of love, lots of freedom. Those days, there was no worry about child abuse. And nobody even knew what it was all about. And we used to give get up in the morning and just have your breakfast, whatever. Then roam around all the village, have, we never in those days there was no biscuits or anything like that. So in the fields, you know, because we, they, my aunties, they were, we all farmers. So a lot of farmlands and lots of fruits and trees and all the sugar canes. So roaming with a group of children, just roam around, go eating fruits, pick up sugarcane, have sugarcane, pick up a carrot, eat the carrot. <laughs> so, and no question, even washing, just clean them and eat them. <laughs> and then from the trees, there's gums, gum on the tree. We used to pick that up and just eat it. You know, everything natural. We never had like any snacks or anything in between. So a very beautiful childhood, we had a lot of love. In those days, you are a child not only of your parents, but the whole village. So everybody looked after her. That was the, the, the thing why I am saying is the great difference in all these years, the childhood I had and the childhood I see now, we were so lucky to have the child. It wasn't about having cars or, you know, all the material things. It was simple love, care, protection. Total security. And I think that security has been throughout my life. I think it's because the childhood was very happy, very secure, confident. And I think throughout life, any problem, that core was always there, not knowingly, 
Now I can say that is there, but I didn't know that time. But that must be working there. At the age of seven, because I, I was totally spoiled, spoiled child. In, in today's you would say it's a spoiled child, but those days you were not a spoiled child. <laughs> you were just a child, enjoying yourself. My auntie used to send me to the village school. So I used to go and there the snack was very simple. You roti, put ghee in it, sugar in it, brown sugar, gold, not the white one. Because everything was natural, everything homegrown. And uh, interval time, come interval, have my snack, come home. Don't stay in the school. <laughs> Ultimately, my mother came from Malaysia, age seven. She, they tried to take me away before, but every time once I, I was, I was sleeping. So they were coming from Delhi to Calcutta, then by ship. But what happened is, when they put me in the train with my parents, I woke up, and when I woke up, I saw this. My parents, I thought, were strangers. So I, I started screaming. I was so screamed, they had to put me back. <laughs> she said, they said, she won't survive so screaming so much. So, so naturally, so she came next when I was about seven. Then she was like, I think you've grown a bit wiser and more materialistic. So she was bribing me, oh, you'll have a beautiful house, car, and you can bully your brothers, all these sort of things. And she took me around, you know, tours on where the other children were school. I was roaming around. So anyway, I landed up in Malaysia. And it was a very long story. Uh, when I ended, my brothers, I went to the house, a beautiful house with gates. And then I, they went. My, they took me to the entrance lounge. I never had been in the village. There was no electricity, and my brothers they were showing off, they putting the switch on and off. <laughs> and then they took me all around the house and all that. Then I asked, where are all the other people? Where are the rest of the people? You know. In the village, it's like a community. You're just there, then the rest, your auntie. Everybody's auntie, uncle. Nobody ever tells. That's in the culture, anyway. So, I said, where are all, all my other aunties and uncles? Where are they? They said, no, this is no, no, there's nobody. This is a house. It's not. So I didn't like that. But then came the Second World War. I was about uh, 11 years old. So we went through the Second World War. That was a great experience. But I must say that we as children took it as like a game. That, you know, we were happy there was no school. And uh, then we used to have like blackouts and whiteouts, brownouts, that siren. And when the, uh, the there was war between the Japanese and the British, the, and naturally the Japanese uh, planes used to come and the siren used to go and sometimes for six hours, eight hours, twelve hours 
sir. So you were, and we had to build shelters in our garden. So we had a shelter, and then we have to go into the shelter. Just imagine the whole family in the shelter. But I don't know how. We didn't seem to. It didn't seem to bother us. Food was like my mother will go uh, run and go in between this thing and uh, get some rice, boiled rice, bring it into the uh, this thing, and we will share that. And that's all about. Uh, I think the war lasted about one or two years because the British and the Japanese were fighting. Ultimately, the Japanese took over. They they won the war, and the this thing, the bombs used to be falling, planes. Actually, we used to enjoy that. We thought, oh, we didn't know that when they come down, they go like that. Those days, bombs were very simple. They went went right into the ground, and then they burst out. So the the danger was all the they put sort of instruments in it, you know. Like draggers, this, that, that, that. So that's what injured you. So, but we didn't didn't bother us. Then we saw the military. Then my father. Then people evacuated. We went into the jungles, but my father did not. He he said no. I'm not going to. I'm not going to leave my house. But surrounding us were a lot of Chinese because Chinese people were very rich, mostly business people. But they all left and went. But my father left us the jungle, and uh, he stayed at home. In the jungle, we again enjoyed. <laughs> we used to go running around all over the place. In the because there were groups, one one group of people in this place, then another place. So we used to go. Uh, all the children used to mix and run around all over the place. And then we were one day. Because Malaysia is, uh, uh, they produce tins, so they have a lot of tin mines. So we were playing in that area, and one of the our uh, one of the child got sunk into that quicksand. So <laughs> I don't know. Somehow we managed to pull him out. Never told our parents or anybody. And uh, so we were used to. I mean, freedom like freedom. No fear, and the parents were. You know, if you look at it, the parents were so secure. They were not like, like nowadays parents are so. Uh, they are, you know, it's always fearful of their children, isn't it? I mean, it's like a. To me, I feel that that was like heaven, and this is like hell. That is the difference of the childhood. The schools they thought Japanese. We couldn't speak a word of English because we studied in English medium. Media because the British were ruling the country, so we were only English. Then the Japanese came in schools only Japanese, very disciplined. First thing in the morning, from the radio station, they used to play uh, this thing. All of us had to do exercise. Not only the schools, all the office, all everybody had to morning exercise. So only then the school will start. And in in the in the classroom, there was one monitor. If anybody entered the class, 
he will in Japanese because they'll say they'll say get up, bow, they bow, they bow in it, and then they will say you know Japanese word the offer blue, you know like you say good morning in Japanese, and then you sit down. That was the discipline of the classroom. Then a soldier used to teach us. Only one teacher, soldier, mostly mostly Japanese, and uh, so we learned how to write Japanese, uh, talk Japanese, sing Japanese, lot of Japanese songs, and uh, and they were took us to lot of outings. You know, Malaysia is a very beautiful country, lot of small hills, trees, jungles, and all that. And then we used to go. They used to take us through all those. And while we were going, we were always singing, always singing. And so like that, we had very nice Japanese time. Also, we had very nice time. Learned Japanese. I learned all the katakana, hiragana, kanji. They have three types of alphabets. Katakana is the easiest. Hiragana is a bit more difficult. Kanji is very difficult. And uh, but I was very good at all of them. Then of course we came back to India because nineteen nineteen forty six and nine nineteen forty six. So came to India and uh, partition took place nineteen forty seven. But before that there was lot of Hindu Muslim riots, and we were in Calcutta because we came by ship. Those days there were no planes, just ships. And there were no passports. You just went and could, took your ticket and buy your ticket and come. So we stayed in uh, Calcutta with my uncle and uh, see the roads. Then one day we were coming from another town, and while we were in the middle of the town, it was raining. Our car, you know, stopped working. And then there was luck. We were very lucky. On the top of the floor flats, there was. One friend of our, my uncle, so he saw us. That we are stranded in an area where the riots are going on. So he sent his servant. He said, "Come up, because the riots are going on here." And they took us. So we stayed there daily, the whole day and night, till the riots. So all this, we saw this fighting with each other. Of course, then then I was ready to when this thing then the. Partition happened. We came to the village, and there we saw. Uh, in my village, we were staying. One day, what happened? The you know it was like between Hindus and the, uh, the Hindus and the Muslims. In the, in our village, people lived in cooperation. They did not have any hatred for Muslims. They were like you know like family. You can say that, but then with this partition, see, so there was a uh, from about ten miles from the village, there is there was a big good uh, temple, gurdwara, and from there hundred hundreds nahing uh, singh. I don't know whether you've seen that. They are one group of the Sikhs. They have like blue clothes and. There were lot of things round here, and all. we call them Nihing Singh. So they came, hundred of them, came on the um, 
horseback and uh, rounded the Muslims in the village and started killing them. And, and I was <laughs> again in the inner, got up on the, those days the roofs of flat because we don't need that, the summer, not much of this snow or anything. So flat roof. So I went upstairs on the flat roof and I was, you know, again looking what's happening, all these people running. And then I saw one, I remember that one family, there was a man about, to me everybody's old. When you're young, you think everybody's old. And I had one man, he had one child in his ear. He was holding another child like that, and another one behind. And then he, they, they were running, and the horseman was running after them with the sword. But I didn't see them kill, but because it, they just went like that. Then I went into the other side of the, because the roofs were flat, and they joined to each other. So you can go to from one house to the other to the other. So when I then I went that way. Must be very inquisitive. Then there was another scene going on. There, there was one of the Muslim servants who used to work for the farm. We knew him, he used to work for us as well. And I saw them killing him. So then I was very upset. So I ran away, I came downstairs crying. And then downstairs my mother was boiling milk for this. So I got so angry, I just started shouting, why are you giving them milk because they are killing? Then my parents said, you know, if we don't do that, they will come and kill us. I told my parents, I'm not going, going to Malaysia, I want to stay in India. I don't know, somehow I loved India very much. And so they said, I mean, again, see the confidence or whatever you can say. I was only about 15 years old. Is the time... So I was only about 15 and I said to my parents, I wonder, they said, all right, you can stay. So, so I stayed back in a school. They put me into a boarding school, which was again known, known families. So then I did my schooling there and then I did my pre-med pre and then my native medicine but it was what what I'm saying that though I was I mean it was great of my parents to leave me there all by myself of course I had my uncles and aunties and all in the village but uh, otherwise I was just by myself there was no family but I never felt I do I think because I was so secure as a child and so much protected, I have no, no fear, I was very happy, never missed anybody and I, I loved everybody. My uncles and aunties, they really loved, loved me a lot and all my, the, the guardian even who was my guardian also uh, related to us. There's a big school. Oh, there's another very long story behind it. And they were, she, that lady was my guardian. And they looked after me. <coughs> and uh, what I'm saying that 
lived in India all by myself, travelled all over India all by myself, never ever had any sense of fear and did not have a totally love from everybody. That includes my into when I went into the Christian Medical College or because I did my medicine in Christian Medical College and even the people there were very, very kind. The training was very, very good, very disciplined. Like we were uh, every morning, no snacks, no nothing. No, I was just thinking yesterday that we never had any snacks. Seven so, so we get up, the electricity used to come from the center. So morning, five o'clock, the lights were on. At nine o'clock, lights were off. So when the lights are on, you get up, do your study, because again in India has this culture that you study in the morning. As soon as you get up, you study. So you have you study, have your bath again. Another thing, you have to have a bath. Go bath, go to the loo. This is a discipline that is ingrained in everybody there. And then the get ready, breakfast. Good breakfast, prota, the yogurt, milk, vegetable, <laughs> and freshly made. She was cooked there, there and then you get getting it. Then, um, then we have to go to the uh, summon because it's a Christian college. They so they we have to go assembly. They will read the Bible somewhere. We have to sing the hymns, do prayer, then go to our classes. And you are talking about medical college. So then we have like our classes. Then lunch again, freshly made. Because they used to have salad and then, you know, the juice comes out. We all used to run to get the juice. <laughs> Whoever goes, get And very good lunch. And then uh, four o'clock tea. Uh, again, steaks and all that. And uh, night, uh, seven o'clock dinner. And, but we didn't have anything to eat in between. Never ever thought. And if we had like any fruit, we'll have tomatoes. Just eat tomatoes, tomato. That, that was their supply, so we just ate tomatoes. And it's uh, <laughs> even a bit naughty as well. We used to have some fruit trees in the, in the garden. Used to pluck and just eat them as well. And uh, but most of the time, so we had like, like then dinner seven o'clock. By nine o'clock is like then we had uh, because it's Christian college. Um, now I can understand, but that time didn't have any clue. So they were divided into groups. So for once a month, we used to all meet discuss the Bible and this and that, this sort of beating. So anyway, the medical college was also, and you know how I went into med, into, for my pre-med, when I first finished schooling, then I went to my, because then my, uh, all the, my holidays spent in my, in the village, with, in my uncle's, maternal uncle, maternal uncle's house. And those days, there were no clocks. No watches. So everything was done by looking at the star, 
looking at the sun, looking at the shade, you know, like, you know, this is, now it is, uh, the cows have come, and the shade is there, so you know, the shade is there, then you know the cows will be coming. In the, in the night, even I was in medical college, my, we all used to sleep outside because in summer, no, those days no fans, no electricity. So you sleep in the open. So open, everybody sleeping there. Another time I was in the bus. Never had a bag in my life till I was in second year medical college. My sister from Malaysia, she sent me and I still remember it was like navy blue with white spots in it. And uh, not having, not used to bag, left the bag in the bus. <laughs> and happily walking away. And then this man is running, 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 calling after me. So I said, why is this? Then he come, he said, you left your bag there. So from the bus, he, brought, he left the bus there, gave me the bag. He said, I mean, many instances like that, you know. And uh, so, what I'm trying to say is that I have seen a world which was very compared, it was good, but if you compare it, it was heaven to me. I can only say about myself that that's what I have experienced. Experience as a child, what sort of childhood I had. Experience living parents having that much confidence that they can leave a 15-year-old girl to survive in country, such a vast country, and not that, you know, well-protected and there is nothing. Just depending, because they must have had even better faith than me in people. And uh, I had no problem, friends, genuine friends. No, I have not, not a single, all my stay in India, that in that period, no enemy, no nothing, all friends, all very cooperative. And the village life was very peaceful, very peaceful. A lot of cooperation. Like, if you don't have, <coughs> say, people were not like very uh, uh, materialistic. They were more humanity than material. Say usually like you have a cow and that it stops giving milk. Then the, you, you take the milk from the next door neighbor. Then when they are cow, cow is not giving like this. So food was shared like that. And actually, and in the village, you don't, you don't have money to go and buy things. You give, give grain, like my uncle's house, like one room will be full of wheat one foot of uh, dal, you know, all this, because they were farmers, all full of it. Then we had a big courtyard and all sorts of animals. We had buffaloes, we had cows, we had uh, camels, and uh, we had uh, this uh, even monkey. The monkey one day really beat me because he, he was, uh, the monkey was tired, but uh, the, I went and started speeding with the monkey or something. And suddenly the, the boy who looks after all the animals, he came and he just said, he just said something he said, and the monkey jumped onto me. And uh, 
anyway then i had a beating <laughs> and it's so very very interesting you know very nice sort of thing and totally fearless that is the main thing that i i think that fearless is even now you know with all the the children are very particular do this do that people don't feel so secure <laughs> but in fact a more more insecure now than i have ever ever been because the media you hear all these things and you see actually happening see yeah, i have seen it but you haven't seen it but on the media they are showing it to you and sometimes i feel very sorry for the small children of these days what sort of uh, uh, you know stories they are getting into your into the subconscious mind you see all these goes into the subconscious mind and then they play on you on your character on your behavior and all this that's why also many mental illness we never heard of mental illness a lot of love from everybody they didn't have any thing that you know okay they did have like st- still every i think people always there are some who become thieves or something but very rarely <laughs> all they will steal is what will they steal from a farmer they'll steal <laughs> maybe clothes maybe uh, some food that's all but then in the village you see when they cook like my auntie will cook so many rotis and when they have milk because if you know milk means they don't they boil milk like that big big things and then they make yogurt in the morning churn it at home and then there's lot of this whey milk yogurt milk a lot so suppose the front house the do morning you get up you open your house your gates are open people will come and go come and go and then sometimes sadhu sant you know all these religious people sometimes they will come so they they asking for some um, not money so you give them some grain either you give them wheat or you give them whatever or some of them will come ask roti so i'll give you roti and the lassi lassi is that whey milk so roti and lassi anybody comes to your door roti and lassi is always there and that's the type of things i've seen and you know when i <laughs> india had that in those days india is totally different now it's become very different and uh, when you cook something then you will give something to your neighbor and they will give to you or if your house suppose suddenly guests have come and you are lacking in something your neighbors will come and give it because again india is culture there is no question of in, in those days i'm talking of that time no question of invitation or anything i just come to your house suppose i've come lunch time definitely they are going to make lunch even the lunch is already eaten they will still make it in video lunch time and uh, the, 
and it was never announced that we are coming because there were no phones. So people just arrived at your door, arrived at your you accept them as they come. No grumbling, no nothing. It was like it is natural, we have to do it. It's our duty. It was like thought to us that your guest is your big God has come in your house. So you must treat your guest. Anybody coming to your door, you must treat. And they used to have so many stories relating to them. Because you never go from the house without eating, like not like these days. Even now I have the same habit. Never eat outside. And uh, she made prathas. And now they talk about fat and all. This much butter, this much yogurt. Say like a pratha, then yogurt. That much freshly homemade butter, white butter. And glass of lassi, no tea. <laughs> so I have all that. I had my my uncle. We had the camel. So the camel, on one side of the camel is my bedding. On the other side of the camel is my the uh, trunk. In those days, used to have tin trunks, made of tin. So in one trunk is my clothes. In, this is my bedding. One side is a bedding, one side is the top of it is me sitting on the camel. <laughs> Can you imagine? That is I'm going for my college, university. Uh, and uh, so we got up early, had all that program. And then we went because there's another, after 10 miles, there's another village also. We have some relatives. So then we went to that relative's house. When we went there, they said, they, it was all very early. So they woke them up, they all got up and they said, oh, so early, you've come so early. Then my uncle who made a mistake in the stars, yeah, then again they made, gave us tea and all that. And then of course, morning, early morning, then my uncle took me to the GT road, bus stop, put my uh, trunk and the bedding on the top of the bus because their, their luggage goes on the top, put me in the bus onto my college. <laughs> Nobody accompanying me or anything, just, just, I mean, I can't imagine that. See, our children so softly brought up compared to that.